Welcome to I'm in my 20s, the podcast where we get real about making the best of our 20s through candid and honest conversations. Like it has to matter to you or else like if it matters to other people, then you will never truly find why that is meaningful. And you'll end up with like a huge list of like probably even like quality things, but not quality for you. Welcome to the last episode of season one for this podcast. Today I brought on my awesome friend Philman and we're talking about self-worth and different things that factor into our perception of self-worth from studying at a competitive business school to awards, affirmations, comparing ourselves to others and the importance of really realizing when we're defining it on our own standards versus society's standards. We also try to share as many tips and advice as possible through this journey that we're all going on. And before we go into the episode content and conversation, I just want to talk a little bit about everything that is happening in the world right now. If you want to just skip forward to the episode content, you can go to the 3 minute 30 mark. So I'm speaking from June 2020. And as we all know, there's a lot happening from the pandemic kind of reaching the end of its journey, as I hope. And of course, a lot of things happening in the realm of the Black Lives Matter movement. And this is probably the most involved that I have ever been in a movement. And it's truly really empowering to see the younger generation, especially really getting involved in these conversations, taking part in protests or sharing things on social media, educating themselves, having difficult conversations. I've personally had a lot of difficult conversations with my family, as well as very educational and empowering conversations with my friends about this topic and more importantly I've taken a lot of time to self-reflect and learn about my own role in this as an ally and how I can best support this and truly this is something that is long overdue for change and I think that this movement will really change things for the better nothing will ever go back to the way that it was and in the best way possible so we're all going through this and I hope that if you're listening that no matter who you are, what color your skin is, that you are taking part in this as well, whether it's helping others by sharing resources or really just self-reflecting and having conversations with your family and your friends. There's an endless amount of things that you can do to take action for this, whether for yourself or for those around you, whether to drive change externally or to drive change internally for yourself. And we all as people in this society are responsible for making this happen for making you know equality and justice happen in this world and while i in the past was never really comfortable with taking part in things that seem political etc this is the first time that i was so vocal about this on my social media which if you follow me you probably know and while it's scary i think it's much more important to really take part in this and try to create momentum create movement create things that that people can share or use or learn from rather than being scared of how people may think of my views, how people think when I post something wrong. And the most important thing here is to realize that this is a learning process for me, for everyone. And it's okay always to learn new things, to discover maybe things that we did wrong even in the past week and really learn from that and continue learning and continue changing ourselves to become better for this world and to drive this movement forward and really create a lasting meaningful change. And now let's dive right into this content of the last episode and talk about self-worth. Welcome back to the I'm in my 20s podcast. Today I'm with my really awesome friend Philman and we're going to be talking about the topic of defining self-worth and he has a lot of great things to share about this. So now I want to ask you Phil to give an introduction of who you are. All right thanks Meg. I'm just honored to be on this podcast. I never figured I could be a guest on this podcast despite being a 20 something year old. Of course Um, you're one of my most inspiring friends. Why would I not invite you? No, there's just this barrier. There's like this rite of passage in becoming a 20-something-year-old where you're constantly in denial of becoming like a 20-something-year-old. And I'm still in that zone where I'm like 19 years old. Yeah. But it's because like at 19, I think there's a lot of events that we um, encounter Mm -hmm. that really help define us. Like, for example, like we graduate high school, we start finding jobs or we go back to more school or we it's really where we start diverging from that main path of high school. And um, Mm -hmm. so far it's been like incredibly like fascinating and fun, but uh, going back to the main topic of this podcast, that I, the thing that I really wanted to share was just ideas of self-worth and how to navigate that as a 20 something year old. So what I realized 
for myself is this constant uh, fluctuation of just, especially with the events going on right now with, you know, COVID-19. Um, I, I spent most of my life really attaching what I do to my self-worth. So what this means is, you know, if you ever take on any leadership or volunteering or, or anything, like if you're just in school, a lot of the times we let that define who we are in a sense, and that might not be the most healthy. And especially in moments like these where you're kind of stripped of a lot of those things, not like you're stripped of school um, because of the current pandemic, but just the fact that you have a degree of separation from the things that you may have attached to your self-worth. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of this like can be like external things, like your friends, what you do, what you eat, um, the places you go. And when you're mm-hmm. really confined to uh, one space, you start thinking about like, you know, what is my self-worth in all this? Mm-hmm. What if like I'm not being productive or what if I'm not amounting to anything? Like what happens to my self-worth? And that's mm-hmm. something that's like been a constant thing that I've been working through. And I've just wanted to talk to more people about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one thing, especially, um, I guess I didn't give a proper introduction of like what I do but I'm a student and I just would love to talk more about things from like the student perspective, especially in business school mm-hmm. uh, where I actually met Meg. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is with business school and not just business school, like just school in general, you see constant like competition and, and a lot of conditionals that we uh, put ourselves to, to really like measure our self-worth against ourselves and measuring our worth against other people. And that's, that's been quite damaging in terms of like being able to reach um, our own personal goals or to become the best versions of ourselves. Like there's some he- like healthy aspects of comparing ourselves. And then there's also unhealthy aspects as well. For me, uh, first term of university, I was terrible. It, everything was like a, a, sh- a shit show almost in terms of like uh, um, self-worth because everyone's coming from vastly different backgrounds. So like you have people who are like, coming from across the world. Um, you have people that you've known your whole life and you're, you're, you're in school with. And it just becomes this ground of like, um, you're basically the smallest fish. You're, you're a big fish at your high school and then you come to university as this like really small fish. Tadpole. Um, a tadpole almost. Like just in terms of like relative size. And then you really start questioning like, uh, you know, is what I'm doing significant? Has anything I've ever done significant? Because you're in a class with, okay, that the person on your left has been like the valedictorian of their year. The person on your right took all AP courses and aced them all and is essentially like skipping most of their classes because they've already <laughs> credit for it. Blah, 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 blah. Like the other guy is like some varsity, like um, <laughs> guy on a scholarship because they play basketball very well. And you're like, holy shoot. Am I even valid as a human being? Mm. Um, and that really derails you. Um, yeah. I've seen it in a lot of um, students that I've talked to. It's just, um, and especially myself. I ended up first year in university, actually, uh, with a 60% average in, in my first term. So yeah, there is a requirement to be 60% or above to stay in <laughs> the program. And at that point, it was like my lowest sort of vision of self-worth at the time I was mm. just like if I'm if I have 60% then I'm just 60% worthy to be in this school I'm just 60% hey, no. <laughs> worthy of being a human being compared to all these other people like and I might as well just hide away and be upset but I recovered really quickly from that I think from mm. just like being able to talk to friends and, and really connect with other people that I've, I soon found out that I wasn't the only one who struggles with big leaps mm-hmm. in them. Um, sometimes it sure. doesn't have to only be university. It could be like a new job. It could be anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you can be immediately met with failure and have that really hit your self-worth. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of um, you start asking yourself so many questions and doubting yourself and mm-hmm. just in realizing that this is a more common experience than you think and that there are places where you could really recover. So just thinking back, like I'm, I'm getting all like happy thinking about this. Um, I think diversifying your your portfolio of self worth. <laughs> You're <laughs> such a business student. <laughs> to say. But um, 
it, it's just not having all of your eggs in one basket for determining like you know if i'm not a good student then what am i um well you're so many other things you're also that person with a bunch of friends you're a bunch you're that person who knows all these talents and that you could like spread these to people and like having a bad grade or like failing once doesn't take that away from you doesn't take away your self-worth so yeah uh just huge rebound story uh my friend told me like hey i have this job open uh, i know that you know you had a tough first term but like you know you should, you should try something and i was like okay um if i really need to um rebound like i need to push myself and i realized that like maybe it's not that i'm not worthy it's like things that i could work on in terms of my time management um how I approach learning and uh, finding other ways to feel valuable and not just feel valuable, but actually see the impact that you're making. Um, mm -hmm. and a simple thing was just having a part-time job. Um, yeah. <laughs> so like to most um, people would say that, okay, Phil, like your part-time job is a bit ridiculous. I worked in retail. I worked at Hudson's Bay. Um, Retail's hard. <laughs> at that basement floor where there's just all sorts of people coming in it's very dingy it's always too hot or it's always too dry <laughs> okay I'm, I'm just going on this tangent here but um it seemed like something that not a lot of people would attribute to making themselves happy or giving themselves like self-worth but mm -hmm. to me it was a chance for me to just be me it was such a great break from school because it started contextualizing what self-worth was because in speaking with my coworkers there, like everyone is from different parts of life. Some people were like graduated. Some people didn't have their bachelor's. Some people were also in business. Mm -hmm. But self-worth there was not great. No one cared what your grades were, but they cared how you treated others. And that's what really helped get me through. It was just like simple things like coworkers and managers and me having a chance to be enthusiastic and remembering that I'm a lot more than my grades. Um, mm -hmm. We are still very functional and valuable. And in, like there's just inherent, innate good and importance in everyone. And it's, it's, it's also our job to, you know, unlock that. And it's absolutely great to get help as well. Mm -hmm. yeah just a huge train of long train of thoughts but <laughs> i'm interested in learning about about you and like have you ever had any shifts in um your self-worth or attaching mm -hmm. things yeah well i mean first of all like thanks for sharing so much about like your story and all these different factors that determine your self-worth i think you just brought in so many really important things that we just gotta like think about and take to like kind of reflect on ourselves you know and you guys as listener to like reflect and see what kinds of things you attribute your self-worth to because phil mentioned so many things that can come into play there's like the thing of just comparing yourself to other people around you when you go into your university and there's so many amazing people around you there's a thing with attributing your self-worth to grades attributing your self-worth to the people you surround yourself by and also just like finding things that kind of like ground you back into feeling more like yourself, like like what Phil said, spending time with different people, working a retail job, something that may seem so simple, but just makes you happy and just like reminds you of, you know, your self-worth and like that you're worth so much more and kind of like diversifying that. So yeah, I'm just really inspired to hear all about that, you, you know, the whole journey you went on. And I'm sure that everyone who's kind of going through like university and just like navigating life in your early 20s. And this is a time where we're all kind of just trying to I guess, find ourselves and define who we are. And it can be a very confusing feeling when you don't exactly have like a set identity, but there's just so much stuff that goes into it. Yeah, I just wanted to say that was that was really inspiring to listen to. So thanks for sharing all of that. And as to your question about my journey with self-worth, I think I definitely saw a shift in defining self-worth differently from high school to university. I think that back then, it was easy to kind of take the standard definitions that kind of society tells you to define your self-worth by. So for example, society would tell you that in order to be a good person or a successful person, you got to like have good grades or you got to be able to win awards and get affirmations from the people around you, like your teachers, your parents, and you know, the school and recognition and stuff. But that's something that society tells you to define your self-worth by. But it felt like that, could really quickly become a toxic way to define self-worth for a lot of people. Because let's say you work your hardest, but for some reason, you still can't get those external affirmations. It doesn't necessarily mean that all your hard work was invalid. 
right? It's something that you can't always control. And it's also like when you're pitted against other people, I don't think it's ever healthy to put your self-worth against the worth of other people. I think self-worth really has to come from yourself, like internally. You just got to find things that you actually really love. And I think from then to now, now I really define myself for based on like the people I surround myself with, the fulfilling relationships and friendships I have, as well as just being able to use my time to do things that I love, like my passions and the feelings of giving back. So I think the biggest change is just moving from defining myself with external things I can't control to things that I can control and that are actually a true reflection of what I value. Mm. Yeah, no, I, those are totally great points. And like, I feel like we have like a ton of overlap in terms of like, so I just feel like there are these like universal truths, like these, these things that um, they're like unspoken rules that of life that, you know, we all kind of come to the same conclusion that like, you know, self-worth is more important when we tie it to internal things mm-hmm. um, and especially like values. Yeah. Um, so what I, uh, I didn't conclude my story there. But uh, this is more of like the part two. Uh, But after that, realizing that, you know, there's other things that we could attribute our self-worth to, um, I ended up having like one of the best terms ever, like in terms of grades. Like after that, I rebounded from, I jumped 20%. (laughs) My average, it became like like a failing student to like like an A A student. And yes, like it's hard work, but also like after that, like I realized that that wasn't what I needed in the first place to make me Mm -hmm. feel valued it wasn't that at all I think it was just a matter of not having the right values in place and at that point when I became an A student like I just it didn't it didn't complete me in a sense because I felt Mm -hmm. already completed like it wasn't the grades that were completing me like we're already a complete pie but it's our job to determine what the filling is in that pie so if you want to be a blueberry (laughs) pie like let's say you're a blueberry pie and you absolutely hate blueberries then why the frick would you build (laughs) A blueberry pie. You'd become yeah. like, like, screw that. Like, just pick a different filling. You could be apple and or lemon or <laughs> anything else. That's a weird analogy, but um, I don't know. I always, find, I always find food works. <laughs> Another thing is like uh, you talked, you mentioned about like being around people that are like help you fulfill yourself, right? Like being around yeah. friends and and those people. Um, one thing that I was came across was the whole theory of like um, you know different like value hierarchies. And how, like, one person may value one thing higher than the other. Um, this is actually from Mark Manson's book, Everything is Fucked. Love this book. <laughs> yeah, so, so Meg and I, uh, just a bit of background for the listeners. We both read this book, and I highly recommend you, like, just take a flip through it. Like, he has a really great voice. Uh, but the thing is, he talks about, like, value hierarchies. And one example that he puts is, like, uh, picture just a group of your stereotypical, like, frat girls, for example. Not, oh, yikes, yikes. Okay, not stereotypical frat girls. Just, <laughs> just stereotypical teenagers. They're all, they're all, they're all drinking and stuff and, and smoking. And, and that's their highest value and their value hierarchy is just, like, um, you know, to have social status or worth or, or like, external validation. And that's the highest thing that they put on their hierarchy. And then maybe below that, they'll put, like, uh, food and water and then even below that they'll put like family through that a lot of it is actually um like an influence on each other like at school we have an influence on each other's values in this hierarchy because if everyone's always searching for like grades then automatically like you're kind of you're going to want to gravitate towards that and mm-hmm. um a huge reason of that is like we as humans we've adapted to survive because of this like you know because hierarchies do exist like in real life and just like humans have depended on like having similar values and status to survive, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you have similar values, you're in the in-group. And if you're in that in-group and you're able to deliver the value that other people value, then then innately you're valued, right? So then we kind of construct a right. worth in that. So the goal is to um, find people that, you know, not that you're, you're, you're stuck in the same boat and sinking with them in the same values. They can value all the things that they want, but... Um, once you flip that hierarchy around and you start valuing things like, you know, um, like friends, family, um, and more internal things like, you know, honesty and, and giving and other things, um, you, you start seeing like a complete shift and you stop valuing the, um, the other things uh, from the other group that you're exposed to. So I think that was what happened in my little story there. Mm-hmm. The, the next kind of topic I want to kind of modulate to is uh, self-worth over time. Because you might think that... Um, Oh, just because like, um, okay, like, like Phil, I have all these great values that I'm um, 
really loving and I'm going to, I'm going to keep them for the rest of my life. And my life is going to be all like rosy and I'm going to feel worthy all the time. Right? Like, well, I just have this antidote that cures my feeling of self doubt and worries. And I would say like, no, (laughs) I hate to break it to you, but like, uh, maybe there is like, you could find a system that you could be able to work with, but for me, it, I'm still finding shifts in, um, you know, what I value and my self-worth. And especially as like 20-something-year-olds, we're really just learning the ropes here still. <laughs> it's strange yeah. to say, like we've been alive for two decades, but there's still a lot we don't know about the world and ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyways, for self-worth, I think like what I'm really trying to do is to shift to having those values, but less expectations for yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And not um, sort of beating yourself up. Uh, have you, like, how do, how do you feel nowadays, especially with, um, you know, you've worked at two fantastic dream companies almost, like Deloitte right. and SAP. I don't, I don't want to just, like, I'll toot your horn for you, but um, <laughs> how has that changed, like, your idea of self-worth? Like, I see you as Meg, and, like, you're always this, like, you know, this cheerful energy and, and uh, sort of this, um, this commander of, like, self-development and, um, you know, <laughs> expressing yourself and being yourself but right. I was just like how do you how did that shift your kind of vision for yourself um and being a part of big companies right yeah I think going through that whole experience of just going through solder and trying to get into these big companies because that was solder's kind of definition of being a successful business student at all and then getting in and kind of realizing I kind of felt this emptiness even though I got hired at these so-and-so dream companies and then I was getting good grades and then I guess some people would say I was like a model student and they were like oh I know like you've got it all figured out like can you help me figure it out but to be honest I don't necessarily have it all figured out and I think another important thing to take from here is like even when you see people that seem like they're super successful and they're working at dream companies and perhaps at places where you wish you could be it doesn't necessarily mean that that's already the end of their journey and this also kind of goes back to like the value hierarchies, right? Like like you mentioned, the people you spend your time with and also just there's different levels of values that you can use to like define yourself. And I guess within business school, the thing with your surroundings is that we're surrounded by so many things kind of almost like commanding us or even like telling us how to even value ourselves. We've got co-op newsletters telling us these people got hired at this company. We got all these company showcases coming in through the hallways and saying, oh, get hired here. We're like a top, you know, top employer in Canada, etc. And you've got all these things even on LinkedIn, which is like the professional networking platform for usually business people, where people always update their statuses to say, well, I got hired at this company and I got hired here and we won this award. We won this case competition. It's all about win, 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 win. And I think being surrounded in an environment like that, especially, you know, in business school, it kind of almost clouds your own perception of self-worth and kind of makes you put on a different lens and kind of make you feel like you have to also follow this path to success because that's how people get validation. Because when you see these people achieving these things everyone else is like wow that's amazing um let's like this person let's let's endorse this person let's put them up on a pedestal and say that they're the role model student and then you feel like you have to go and chase that and be the role model student and i think going through business school i definitely did kind of chase that in like you know first and second year and sometimes it's hard even now to kind of tell the difference between am i chasing this just because like solder and society is telling me that i should or because I actually want to chase it. And on to your point of just even working for two amazing companies, I absolutely loved working for them. And to be honest, getting hired at, you know, Deloitte and SAP, it was, it felt amazing in the moment because it's like, in a way it did heighten myself for it because I felt like, wow, I'm worthy of being hired at this company. You know, at first I even felt imposter syndrome. I was like, me getting hired here? I like, I can't believe it. So in a way it does really boost my self-worth and I think that's really healthy, but there's a fine line between a healthy association to these things for self-worth versus an unhealthy association. And I think it becomes unhealthy when that becomes the only thing important to you. Like, for example, if I were to stop working at Deloitte, stop working at SAP, does that mean I have no self-worth? No, of course not, because we're a combination of so many different things that we achieve in our lives and so many things that we value. So sure, that is a part of my self-worth, but it's not such a big part that I would get all wrapped up in it. You know, what about you, Phil? Mm. No, I'm just, I'm just really pondering on that. I guess from your perspective, it's like, um, 
It's not like you still feel incomplete, right? It's that's not the case, right? Yeah, on onto feeling incomplete. Um, I to be honest, I don't think I ever felt incomplete. I think at any point in my life, I always felt complete with the different things I had going on in my life. For example, when I was in Enactus, Enactus was something that like you know completed me, and then now Enactus is over. SEC, I'm not in it anymore. But now, like like you said, we go through different phases, and throughout life, we change and we find new things to attribute our self worth to, and new things we associate with it with. And so, with those changes, I constantly feel complete just with different things. Mm, I guess like my take on it, it, it might be just a bit divergent from、um, what you said, but it's like. I think we're still looking at it as like it's a bunch of like puzzle pieces that we constantly have to to have these puzzle pieces in order to have self worth, right? Like even if those puzzle pieces change.、Uh, but my kind of new thing that I really want to tell like everyone is that like maybe reduce the amount of puzzle pieces needed、yeah. <laughs> in order to to make yourself like to have that self worth. It's not about constantly replacing those a hundred puzzle pieces. It's like why not just like simplify those values and have it down to like three things, and then maybe that、mm-hmm. would be like easier to manage in terms of like self worth and determining like.、Mm-hmm. Onto that point, I think sometimes people can confuse quality with with quantity when it comes to self worth. Sometimes people actually do attribute their self worth based on how many different puzzle pieces they've got going on. Like, oh, I'm in like five clubs. I I'm in this many courses. I'm doing all this stuff, but. I think when we go through university and we get older, I think you and I can both relate that it's it doesn't necessarily matter how many things you're in. It matters in finding the few things that you really really care about, and then being able to like focus on those things. Like it has to matter to you, or else like、exactly. if it matters to other people, then you will never truly find why that is meaningful, and you'll end up with like a huge list of like probably even like quality things, but not quality for you, right?、Mm-hmm. Like, exactly. Yeah, like one common thing is like, let's say you're a marketing student, but all of a sudden, like, like you see your finance friends get like, you know, this this job at like blah blah blah, like、um, Goldman Sachs, blah blah blah. <laughs> 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 okay, okay, that's not very common, but、um, it's just like you start wanting things that you've never even wanted.、Um, so why are you letting things that you've never wanted determine your self worth? It doesn't mean you're less worthy than them. It's just that you value different things. Like、mm-hmm. they value a great job, and especially in that industry. And it's part of their, their you know, their goals,、um, and it's it's kind of pointless、um, going on your own, not only going on your own wild goose chase for self worth,、um, but also kind of climbing into someone else's goose chase for self worth, where it's completely different.、Mm-hmm. Um, moving on to this is like stuff that I wish I would have known, like becoming like you know going into uni, becoming a twenty something year old. Like I wish I could go back in time to like slap myself. Is like <laughs> sometimes I forget. Like sometimes I'm really happy with all my values and where I am and all the friends they have and all the experiences. And then the thing with humans is we start adapting. We start like、um, that becomes your new baseline for what self worth is. And then we always want more. And I would just tell like anyone that、um, you know is just entering uni, it's like more is not what you want. I think in chasing more, like it's led me to to different trails where I felt like less self worth. I think it's just in um, it's not like. It's not wanting more, wanting less. It's just wanting and accepting like something that's you. <laughs> I don't know how to put it into words, but I really hope that whoever's listening on the other side,、um, <laughs> you know, that it it does you know resonate with you in some way. If not, like you could、uh, message me and we could <laughs> you could like bad mouth <laughs> me and say that hey, what you're saying doesn't make sense. Like that's <laughs> talking shit. <laughs> yeah. No, that makes that makes really good sense though. What you said, even though I I mean like. The great thing about this conversation is that we're kind of just like going with our thought train and kind of saying things that come, but that's just like the most real way that we can express this, right? Like, I think self worth is a really deep topic that's really rooted in a lot of like self reflection and thinking about our own experience. So, kind of like going off that, I want to ask you to expand on maybe how friends and like maybe family have come into your life and influenced the way that you perceive your self worth. Oh yeah, that just kind of ties back to like companies are like a more abstract way. Right to kind of measure that, but but think yeah, like you're saying, people and friends and family, like that definitely influences it a lot.、Um, so I would say like, it's not like get like, I don't want to say this. I don't want to say like get rid of your friends that don't match with your values. They're really <laughs> valuable people like in your life too. I'm just jumping ahead of myself, but it's it's just I would like and continue to、um, build friendships and connections and、um, you know have others in my life that. Echo the same values, but sometimes that becomes like an echo chamber, and then、mm. you 
you create this new hierarchy and it becomes like super toxic to you because like you only have like this one thing that you look to that really determines your self-worth and that's not healthy too. But I would say like, you know, diversify, right? Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't say like cut off the people that make you feel like, you know, you're not worthy or like you, you don't just because like that person, um, you know, they're at a big company and they're, they're feel all fulfilled. Doesn't mean like you cut them off because you feel attacked. It just <laughs> that, that sometimes like um, it could be a good thing too. Like, if you have, like, values that um, you want to work towards, right? You have goals you want to work towards. Like, sometimes those people can be motivation. Um, so I guess, like, I'll talk about, like, my best friend. Kind of super funny story. I don't know if it's completely relevant. That's why I, like, I'm, like, pondering for a second. Um, <laughs> okay. No, in high school, um, he was, like, student council. He was doing all these, like, really great things. Um he was just a high achiever in terms of school and everything. And then I was like, hey, I kind of want that too, like, because I'm his friend. Um, I kind of want to not only do that, but, like, actually make a difference. Um, in all honesty, I was trying to, like, one-up him. Um, <laughs> it was like, oh my God, this story, like, doesn't make sense at all. But um, we were friends in, like, grade eight, and then there was, like, some falling out because he, like, I was like, oh, this guy thinks he's so good. He's doing all these things. <laughs> but then, oh, like, no. it was like, I'll be even better. Um, but then turns out that year, like running for student council, um, no one else ran against us. We just won by uh, default. <laughs> and then we, we just yeah. ended up getting closer after that. And we ended up, uh-huh. um, because we shared those values, we were really able to build off each, each other. Like that's mm-hmm. where like friendly competition comes in. And um, you kind of become the snowball of self-worth. Like as his self-worth increases, like your self-worth. In- oh my God. Okay. I'm contradicting myself a lot too. Like, like self-worth is not. I'm keep on I keep on referring to self-worth sometimes as like almost like a like a finite unit of something like you can get more or less of it right um but I just really want to also train myself to think that self-worth is like this you already have the complete pie like you are already complete Mm -hmm. you already have everything you need to be Mm -hmm. like have Mm self-worth um I think the thing is like it is complete but sometimes you feel like you're out of touch with it right but then for your example, when you were with your best friend and then you guys were like so motivated together and you guys got so close, I think you just like you both helped each other get back in touch and back in tune with your own self-worth. So it wasn't necessarily having to increase your self-worth, but about like he was a reminder to you about why you do what you do, right? Like a realignment. Yeah. Yeah. And you really build on each other's values. Like like he's he's changed my life completely in terms of like he's valuing all this volunteering work and all these other things. And then I would end up, um, it, it was vice versa. I think like we really just, um, took the best out of each other. Somebody. That's amazing. Um, and I would wow. just encourage everyone to find, to keep on seeking out people that, that help, you know, and mm-hmm. bring out the best in themselves and then have a way where you could bring out the best in other people. And mm-hmm. then that's where you can find even, I hate to say it more self-worth, <laughs> but <laughs> where, you can, where you can feel, where you can feel more self-worth, but mm-hmm. you, already have all the self-worth inside yeah. you just have to feel it exactly yeah. that's exactly it we already are we're all worthy like we are all worthy and none of us are less worthy than another person but sometimes we might like ourselves we might feel out of touch we might not know um how to like get back in touch with our self-worth and then when you're able to find the people who are able to make you feel better about yourself and make you feel valued and make you feel heard and important and at the same time you're all like learning from each other and you feel like you can also give back to them in some way i think those are truly the people that you should keep close and you should like surround yourself with because they're good for you back to your example with like the valley hierarchy too like you mentioned there's maybe a hierarchy of you know like the typical teenager like maybe their self-worth is attributed to being quote-unquote popular going to parties like drinking and stuff and a lot of that is also reflection of just being surrounded in that environment it doesn't necessarily mean that teenagers are stupid it's just the nature of maybe being in high school where it's almost like even just watching tv shows it's like they're conditioned to think oh my self-worth is tied to my popularity is tied to how good i look etc so your surroundings really does play a big role in kind of how you define your own self-worth too speaking of surroundings um we'll just make this like super relevant for for right now are you are you okay with just talking about um the whole coronavirus situation totally (laughs) man oh man like one thing that i've really tried to work on um and like i think a lot of people are trying to work through right now is just finding self-worth when you have something um 
completely derailing you, right? Right. And th- it's one of these times where you're really tested for like what is really important in my value hierarchy. When everything else disappears um, around me, all those external things, like what happens to my self-worth then? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, definitely. You, you kind of mentioned that at the beginning too. It's like sometimes a lot of our self-worth is tied to a lot of our associations. And now that, you know, due to this whole pandemic and we're all basically quarantined at home, it can feel very like isolating because, you know, maybe we're so used to seeing our friends, you know, either in class or going to work and doing the work or like, you know, going to club meetings and all these things that we're associated with. But now that we're isolated, it's like, how do you maintain your, you know, mental wellness and like keep your self-worth in, t- in tune during this time? So like, what what have you like kind of been doing during this time to kind of like stay in touch with your self-worth? Oh man, a ton of things. And I think a lot of people are just naturally bumping into these um, new ways. So one thing that I do would be just a lot of um, reflection and mindfulness. Mm-hmm. There's just this like study from Stanford recently that I just read. And it's instead of um, attributing our, our goals or our value or self-worth to destinations, we should often look at like the journey that has led us there. And that's something that we can have in in a quarantine. You could always look backwards and kind of think about where you came from and how you got here Um, Mm -hmm. and not letting these conditionals control like, you know, your self-worth, like not letting the condition of finding a job, um, you know, determine your value as a person. Because if Mm -hmm. we think really existentially and really like pause for a moment, um, we're such a small part of this like universe. (laughs) Yeah. I know that's, this is kind of like um, hippie talk, (laughs) but um i've i've been practicing more like meditation uh Mm -hmm. solely on the basis that i i think just a couple of my friends were saying like oh my god this stuff is like really helping me it's helping me like calm down and you know all the celebrities do it and then like there must be some truth to it so like i'll try it right Mm -hmm. um and uh there's a ton of resources out there like even just like apps like headspace and um, i've been using one called like insight timer these are moments where you could just pause and kind of um even walk away from all of the other things that like in life, like, like not like avoidance, but it's like almost acceptance of like what's going on. And then mm-hmm. in these moments, I feel like this incredible wave of like self-worth, like, like just in feeling that I am alive in this moment and I have the joys of being able to experience just breathing and alive and to have all these like fond memories and to still have people in my life and just, just existing is just enough. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's really helped me. It's kind of going back to the baseline, um, reducing the amount of puzzle pieces that are needed for us to be happy and fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we'll always face dissatisfaction in some way. I think that's yeah. a sign that we want to better ourselves, but we can limit, you know, how awful we feel all the time and make more time <laughs> for us to be happy and to really um, achieve things that we want and not what other want, others want. Mm-hmm. So I, I think you've been doing the same, right? Mindfulness and just more reflection, like writing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think this time can be, it's like two, two opposite ends of the spectrum sometimes, like this time in quarantine. Some people are feeling very, very disconnected and then other people are feeling the most in tune with themselves that they have ever been. And, you know, every single person's different. It's hard to say that meditation will work for everybody, but I think it has worked so well for me as well because sometimes in the hustle of like every day and just like going to work, school, class, quizzes, tests, internships, resumes, uh, validation of friends, going out, drinking, etc. There's so much like chaos that happens in regular life sometimes that we don't even have the room to even breathe and self-reflect. But I think this time in quarantine is a really good space to really take advantage of this, the space that we have to actually like self-reflect and think about ourselves and what we really value and stuff. And I've done the same thing. I've really taken this time to reflect. And I think I've learned more about myself in this time in quarantine than I have over like a long time. And it's really gotten me even more in touch with my self-worth and what I really value. So in hindsight, I think I'm really grateful for this time. And I know that it has definitely changed my life. I think that that might sound dramatic even, but I think if I didn't have this time in quarantine, it would have taken me a lot longer to really figure myself out. And sometimes we ourselves are an enigma, right? Like like me and you, mm-hmm. Phil, like we have a lot of conversations oh sometimes goodness. where we're like, dude, like I, I don't know what's going on. Like I'm really confused with my thoughts and we just have to like talk it out. But this is a great time to be alone with our thoughts, as scary as that can be sometimes. 
but being alone with your thoughts and being able to recognize them and not just avoid them or push them away is a really empowering feeling and you can learn so much about yourself in this time yeah that's that's like I, immediately i thought of this quote like everything that you you said like it kind of it could boil down to this this one message where it's like have you heard this from i heard this from a matt diavella podcast i love <laughs> matt diavella <laughs> sure. it's, um, like name it to tame it feel it to heal it and i think mm-hmm. we've just been having more of this time to kind of name what's been at our minds and what's been like kind of eating away at our self-worth and and like feeling actually feeling and acknowledging it you don't even have to meditate or reflect that deeply like just Mm -hmm. just, um just feel it and you know acknowledge Mm -hmm. yeah definitely i love the simplicity in that in that it's not necessarily putting the expectation on yourself or the pressure to be like i have to figure out my thoughts but rather just maybe just sitting still letting your thoughts come in and just acknowledging it it's like as simple as just acknowledging things right and i one thing i love about your podcast is it's like all of these conversations are about like acknowledging some of these topics that we've worked through and i think what's important is that like i really love this because we're not speaking from positions where like we've solved everything like you know we're the experts Mm. on this topic we're We're not experts (laughs) like we're working through these things ourselves right now um but I can guarantee you that, like, what we've talked about today, like, these ideas of, like, self-worth and other things, like, like these are worthy things to talk about and to think about. And although, mm-hmm. like, our self- ideas of self-worth may change and we may be stronger later, um, yeah, we just really wanted to say that we're, we're pushing through this ourselves and we're all in this together. That's, I think that's why these podcasts are so great. Aw, shucks. <laughs> that, that's very well said. And I think another great thing is I just learned so much just from having these conversations. Like I, when you were talking and while I was talking, I was just thinking a lot about this. And I just, it's, I, I feel really grateful to be able to have these conversations too. So, you know, if you're listening, I hope that this really resonates. And even just finding friends or people around you that you can have these kinds of like reflective conversations with to really talk deeper into your thoughts, dig into them and reflect on what you value and stuff. It's really helpful. And even just journaling, sometimes when I journal, it's like, as if I'm having a conversation with myself. And that in itself is already also very helpful. So another thing that I want to touch on for self worth is, I think having a healthy perception of our self worth is also just really good for like our mental health and stuff too, right? And then you mentioned a couple things that you can do to kind of boost that. But what kinds of other things would you like recommend or things that you're doing in your like day to day, maybe like little habits that are helpful for you and you defining your self worth? Oh, one thing is hope. I do things that give me hope. I do things that give me um, and these are like, I can't exactly. That's why like I'm saying this so broadly, and I'm not giving you specifics on like, oh, drink two cups of water in the morning. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's not right. that find things that um, get like in part of like, like hope, but mm-hmm. that really ties into um, self worth. So for me, I've been really trying to wake up at like eight or nine chug a coffee mm-hmm. and just read and have that peace time um, of peace. And in that moment, I just feel so much hope where I, I'm not thinking about um, my like applying to internships. I'm not thinking about like why, you know, I may be deficient in some way. Like just in that moment, I feel hope because I'm growing myself in some way. Mm-hmm. It's just these small things. Like, like I, I feel like this is one of the few things that make me hold on and make, give me hope at this time. Because um, in terms of self-worth, like, I'm saying all these things about, like, l- like not letting our self-worth, like, hinder our development or growth. But, like, this is something I'm working through right now as we speak, right? Yeah. I think a lot of us are, but, like, it's it's still middle of May. I'm still jobless. Like, I expected to, to have this, like, to have a co-op or, like, to be working on a cool company. I even, I even hoped at one point to, like, work with Meg. <laughs> um, but... I guess, like, my only advice, like, I think I touched on this before, would be um, not attributing things to only what we do. Surely, like, we need to find a balance. Like, if you're, like, running outside or doing things that are, like, productive for you and healthy for you and giving you a sense of self-worth, by all means, do them. Uh, But what I want to reframe it as is um, we should let who we are determine what we do. And when we let who we are determine what we do, then there's just this really kind of your values are intertwined, right? Mm. Separable from you. And you'll continue to do activities that strengthen um, yourself internally. And, and not vice versa. It, it's kind yeah. of like, like people are flowing the wrong way. And I think you should flow, you know, with the river. Yeah. I hope that Definitely. helps. <laughs> I might. 
come back to this recording and be like, oh my god, Phil, like what the heck are you saying? No, dude, that's that's what they all say. But then, dude, the, no, you're you're good. You gotta give yourself more credit, man. That was awesome. Um, I think that's like it's not necessarily also just like putting expectations on yourself. That can be harmful sometimes. It's like I I'll only feel worthy if I'm able to reach this goal. Particularly, I think it's one thing to be ambitious and go after things. I think that gives us a sense of like hope too. That like oh maybe I can achieve this, but not necessarily being so hard on yourself that if you don't, then your entire self worth is destroyed. And I think we talked about this in a, one of our conversations in the past too. Is just like sometimes we listen to a lot of voices around us that are like telling us to do things, and sometimes. We're following our intuition. So which one is right? I, I don't know if there's necessarily a right one, but I think staying in tune with your intuition and kind of really listening to yourself and what your mind and your body and like even your heart is telling you to do, sometimes just going with what feels the most natural will make you feel the best about yourself. Even if sometimes your mind might be like, no, that's not right. You gotta like, sometimes the voice in your head can be like stressful to you too. So it's like balancing the different voices in your head too, if that makes sense. Oh yeah, yeah. You, you described it in a way that I think maybe some people think differently, but I, I definitely relate with um, what you said. It's just like, there's so many voices in that side in terms of like, and I think it's actually your value. Like, I don't know. It's there's these different values in your head and sometimes they conflict a little. Yeah. Um, it's, and it's, it's definitely normal to have these fluctuations during this quarantine mm-hmm. self isolation. Um, but I think these are topics that we'll have to continue thinking about for the rest of mm-hmm. our life. Exactly. And especially like in the face of these events, like we are still so valuable in terms of like, you know what we contribute to the people around us mm-hmm. just the, just the fact and the miracle that we're alive like right now and being able to experience all this and to be on this podcast talking to one of my close friends <laughs> that stuff that's that's the stuff that just makes you worthy and and one thing is like there's this quote where it sticks all the time where i, I think you know this one but sorry i'm a stickler for quotes where it's like um, people, people remember how you make them feel and they don't really remember what you make them say right or what, what did i just say <laughs> <laughs> people don't ever remember what you say but they'll always remember what you make them feel right yes and we should just okay i, I have no idea where i was going with this i just didn't <laughs> like that quote i am trying to act like self-worth i know it does i know i had something in my head <laughs> uh, but focus on making focus okay just as long as you're making people feel good don't worry about what you're saying and as long as you're like just the way you're making people feel is positive to their self-worth it can help contribute to your self-worth too Yeah, that's beautiful. I mean, we talked so much about like trying to surround ourselves with other people who make us feel good about our self-worth. But, you know, it always goes both ways. So it's like being conscious of like, you know, being positive to the people around you as well, right? Yeah. In in helping others find their self-worth, you can yeah. actually find your own self-worth. It's, it's Exactly. exactly. Um, I feel, I totally feel that performance. That's great. Is there anything else you want to share on the topic of self-worth before we end this conversation? Yo, if you're listening to this and you just need to pick me up, like you are worthy, deserving of all the love and happiness. Everything you have is already there. You just got to keep, you know, searching for it in, inside. Yeah. Nice and simple. I love that. Beautifully said. Well, I mean, thanks, thanks so much for coming on to this podcast. I feel like you shared so much like amazing things. And I honestly learned so much from you just hearing about your thoughts and stuff. So and the important thing that you mentioned also is that we're not experts, you know, we're all in this together. And like, if you're listening to this, we're all trying to figure out our self worth and define it ourselves. And us talking through this is us going through our thought process of our self worth. And I hope that it really resonates with people and that it was helpful too. So on the last note, I want to leave on is like, if anyone wants to like connect with you, like, yeah, film is like such a positive like sunshine. Like, honestly, okay, when when I first like met you, I was like, wow, this guy's actually like a sunshine just like, it's okay, solder is like, it can, it can be like a gloomy place, you know, like people are like frowning, people are like wearing suits, like being stressed about class. But then you see Philman like walk into the CPA hall. And it's like, sometimes it feels like the whole room just like lights up because you just have this like really positive thing about you. And I think a lot of that positivity, like radiates from like within yourself, and you like radiate that self worth and that like positivity outwards. And you can really like people can really feel it. And like, you know, I say this, and then Philman, like, sometimes you don't believe me, because you're like, no, like, I I don't think I'm like that, blah, blah, blah. But then this also goes to show that like, you guys, you got to give yourself more credit, you know, like, sometimes you don't. Okay, something. Okay, this is the cheesy, cheesy app. This sometimes- is too much. Oh my goodness, <laughs> we're supposed to end the podcast. Today. I know. No, 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 let me, let me, let me, let me, 
<laughs> let me let me say this. Okay, this is cheesy, but sometimes we're like we're like butterflies. Okay, this is so freaking cheesy, but you can't see the your beautiful wings, but everyone else can see it. Like we look in the mirror, and sometimes we only focus on the parts of ourselves that we're unhappy about, but. You can't necessarily see all the amazing things about you that other people around you can see. So yeah, I gassed you up so much because you gassed me up earlier, but I'm gonna really gas you up because you're an amazing person. So I just wanted to leave on if anyone wants to like connect with you or like chat with you more about this or anything, like where can they find you? Um, you can find me on Instagram, LinkedIn. You could send me snail mail. Um, I'm good with anything as long as we could just communicate and chat. I'm I'm happy, yeah. and this stuff is like stuff I really want to talk about, like just to everyone. I think we should yeah. really, it, and it helps like in talking about this. Like I definitely feel a lot better, you know, despite mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going through all of this right now, and like self worth is a topic that despite like I'm still having a lot of issues with. It's like one that you know, as long as you're talking about it, you know, mm-hmm. it'll yeah. be better. Exactly. Um, one last last thing it's like um, we talked about values right um and i think i think that this is important for me to think about as long as we are acting on our values then we're going to be at the right place mm-hmm. um, we're going to find self-worth so exactly um i invite everyone to just take the next step i'm inviting myself to to take the next step in following our values that's yeah. perfect because sometimes we feel lost in direction and when you think about the north star the north star should be your values internally those are true that's the truth that's perfect. Okay. Well, with that said, thanks for listening, guys. Yep. Bye. You. It was an honor. <laughs> yeah, bye. <laughs>it guys we made it to the end of season one and wow i cannot believe i actually came this far with my podcast i'm so happy and thank you so much for being a listener and really making me feel so valuable with the work that i'm putting out and feeling like i'm really making a difference with all these kind messages that you guys are sending me telling me things that you learned and telling me epiphanies that you had and all these awesome things i'm definitely going to keep this going but i'm bringing this up in seasons because i need to take a break as well so i'm just going to take some time to really gather myself and get some new guests for season two and i'm so excited i already got some awesome guests lined up for season two so you guys are in for a treat for that and always i will be posting frequent updates on my instagram so make sure to give me a follow at i'm at my 20s on instagram because that's where i put out all my updates and throughout this break i will definitely be repurposing my content and continue sharing things that we learned throughout this entire season one which was super super jam-packed now i don't want to delay this goodbye for way too long but it's not goodbye if you follow me on instagram so please give me a follow and we will definitely stay in touch there and i will see you guys in season two or on my instagram (laughs) bye